You're listening to The Haunting of Blind Manor After Show by Horror Movie Talk. And welcome to Horror Movie Talk Special, The Haunting of Blind Manor After Show. <laughs> uh, on a normal episode of Horror Movie Talk, we'd be reviewing and discussing one horror movie in detail, but for this series of 10 episodes, we'll be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of The Haunting of Blind Manor. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare nonos. <laughs> so with no further ado, The Haunting of Bly Manor After Show with Horror Movie Talk. Another great show. Final episode of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Are you excited? <clears throat> I'm sad. Are you pumped to talk about crying? I yeah. I'm sad because number one, this episode was crushing. Yeah. And number two, it was beautiful, mm. but it's mostly because it's it's done. Right. Yeah. I this could go on for another ten episodes and I'd be okay. Yeah. yeah. Um again we'll be talking about episode nine, the final episode of the Haunting of Bly Manor. In this final episode, we see the fate of the inhabitants of Bly Manor and have a lengthy epilogue for those that survived the Lady of the Lake. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I can say about it without yeah. completely spoiling what the episode's about, you know? Exactly. Okay, so before we get into spoilers and talk about the episode in detail... Let's uh, just let you know about our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. You'll find all of our past episodes as well as, as links to our social media where you can interact with other horror movie fiends like yourself. We post new episodes of our regular show every Wednesday. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, ask us any questions, or um, tell us how wrong we are about Halloween, call 682-253-4468. Um, also... If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talk. But most of all, thanks for listening. So let's get into this show. Spoilers. Spoilers. I can't even hear myself. Is that a Texas accent? Spoilers. Oh my. I can't even hear myself with that effect on. Um, anyways, um, so this episode. Man. Really? It's, I, how many times did you cry in this episode? Crushing. Really, just once. Yeah. Um, I think this is 
really double extra powerful on you and I because we've both very recently lost someone right. pretty fucking close to us. And um, and this speaks directly to losing someone close to you. Yeah. Every part of this episode, but specifically the ending monologue crushed yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me almost want to revisit Hill House just for that experience because I'd probably see it with new eyes oh, at yeah. this point. I w- oh, man, I'm going to go. I'm definitely going to go back and watch Hill House. Um, so we're left off on a cliffhanger last episode of Danny getting choke held by the Lady of the Lake. And that's not where we start with this episode. We start back with Hannah and Owen at the uh, the interview on repeat. Yeah. Um, and basically has Hannah admitting that she's dead and basically taking the opportunity to, to tell Owen that she loves him and um, t- saying goodbye. It's a really interesting uh spin on this because because he's like accepting of her which right. is and then he go and then he says something that's double interesting which is you know this is all just you you know right. i'm the thing you're seeing of me that's so it's kind of her forgiving herself because because owen is th- this version of owen that she's looking at is her memories of him right and he's saying i for it's okay like it'll be okay right. that's her giving herself like closure and saying it's okay to be dead well yeah i mean she's filling in what owen would say remember kids it's okay to be dead but yeah it's in it's in all in her head um yeah a lot throughout this episode it's just really a lot of like capping off all the love stories quote-unquote love stories in this whole series yeah and just showing the different ends to each of these relationships. Um, I think we kind of experienced that already with Peter and, and uh, Rebecca, but everyone else gets their, their day in the sun in this episode. Um, so it, that scene ends with Owen slash Hannah telling herself that you got to get, you got to get out of here, out of your memory and get back and warn, got to you know, tell real Owen. Yeah. Tell real Owen, you know, what's happening. To protect him. Because you are you would do that. You're a person right. who would do that. It's her, like, amping herself up. Right. Because yeah. other, the other option is to just kind of fade away or just leave. Yeah. You know, leave this mortal or middle mortal realm. And then um, after, the, after the opening credits, it goes to Danny um, as she's being choked out and dragged down the pathway and up the stairs. I got to say, Danny's got a real strong trachea. She's got the strongest trachea out of anyone in the series. She's doing them real chin-ups. Because yeah. <laughs> she's... <laughs> Everyone else got choked and immediately, like, their neck snapped and, like, they were dead. Yeah, if you crush someone's trachea, there's... I mean, it's not good. It's yeah. bad, bad things happen because it doesn't just pop back open. <laughs> right. Did you have you watched Barry at all? No. Oh, I, I, all the comic books that I read had a bunch of a bunch of ads for it. Yeah. Barry <laughs> has one. There's some there's a couple one off episodes that are just really impressive. One of them is um, he puts a hit on this like karate master. <laughs> 
<laughs> like jujitsu master and uh barry like chops him right in the trachea and so it's like <laughs> it doesn't kill him but the guy's not having a real good time yeah you know and not admitting that this is a bad situation he needs to stop fighting him anyways um danny's got a trachea of steel because she gets dragged all the way up the stairs and still survives and then um flora jumps on the bed that viola always goes to yes and kind of snaps so viola dragged danny up into her bedroom Mm -hmm. and uh and she's about to i don't know throw on the bed or something (laughs) it's weird that's hot (laughs) maybe that's why she didn't break her neck she was saving her giving off those strong lesbian vibes i mean you know that you know the lady of the lake she's got a wet ass pussy (laughs) hell yeah macaroni in a pot so they get upstairs and then flora jumps on the bed and viola the you know remnants of viola really snaps out of it sees her daughter Yeah, and then in the previous episode... In, in Flora, she's, yeah. she just, like, transposes. And then, so she drops Danny like a bad habit and grabs Flora and then promptly starts walking back towards the lake. Yeah. And then, pr- in pretty quick succession, everyone appears on the scene. A lot of things happen all at once. Yeah. Henry... Henry appears. Up. He's 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 like, oh shit, that's right. Yeah, so from like episode seven or six or seven? It, yeah, at least six. Where the the Henry episode he where he convinces himself it's time to head to Bly Manor, something's wrong, I got a bad feeling. Yeah, because he's got the same bad feeling he had when his brother and and uh and his uh his uh, sister in law sister in law slash lover mm-hmm, died. So he shows up um owen and jamie show up and hannah reappears to owen party it's a real party and hannah tells owen to like get going to the lake because he's needed yeah and henry runs up to lady of the lake and gets immediately myrtleized yeah he's he's put out a commission very rapidly he has not been doing trachea ups like Uh like danny no chin ups there he is he's got a Wet tissue paper trachea. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's... Um, which is kind of weird, because it doesn't... Not like Danny's... Not like Danny's neck, because she got a... It's pretty thick. Her neck... Her neck's pretty thick. Uh, so now that I think about it, Henry gets, like, immediately... Does he get his neck snapped? Like, he gets immediately no, choked he's out. he's just incapacitated. Oh, yeah, she holds him up and, like... Yeah. yeah, she chokes him for until a he's bit. dead. Yeah, well, no, he's not. He doesn't die. He does die. He does die. Well, his ghost is watching everything, so I assume that means he's dead. He gets revived, but you know. Oh, he. Okay, wait. Whoa. Okay, so he gets revived. Mm-hmm. You don't remember that part? No, I don't. Oh. Yeah. So he he like literally dies, and then his, I remember his ghost. Yeah, his I do ghost, remember that. Ghost starts watching you know, the happenings, and he can't figure out what just happened, but he can see his dead body there, so, you know, it fills in the gaps. Viola, How did he get revived? Did we get to see that? Oh, yeah, Owen, Owen, Owen goes to work him. on him? Yeah. Does he, uh, do you remember that Wizards with Guns sketch that I showed you a couple days ago, <laughs> yeah. where, where the, that CPR dummy thick? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's doing he's doing CPR on that dummy, and he, and he keeps flipping the dummy over to sniff its butt. Well, to give it, like, I assume it was analingus, but I might be wrong. Maybe that's just where my head goes. No, he keeps sniffing it. He keeps <sighs> sniffing the butt of the dummy. Uh-huh. Um, so Viola starts walking in the water with Flora. And it seems inevitable that, yeah, that little Flora is going to get drowned. It's just a series of people who give themselves over to the Lady of the Lake. They're mm-hmm. like, no, take me. No, take me. Yeah. Yeah. And this is probably the first moment that I probably teared up that was really touching because uh, Miss Jessel, you know, at first is is like watching this happen on the sidelines and then all of a sudden she appears behind um the lady of the lake as she's you know waist high in in water with flora mm-hmm. and miss jessel basically says like let me do this for you like let me like let me go- come into you and i'll i'll experience it and you get to you know be in a nice memory while this happens. Oh, okay. So she does that for Flora. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she, you know, they do the, it's you, it's me, it's us thing. And, um, and then it's like this really sweet memory of Flora being woken up by her mommy and, yeah. and hugging her. And then like, you're watching this and it's a really sweet moment, but you know that while this is happening, she's getting drowned. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like really a big emotional impact. And then, um, yeah, it seems like the whole series is just kind of like, how do we deal with death? It's not easy. It's never easy, mm-hmm. but we rely on others yeah, all the time. And other, your, your personal <clears throat> relationships are what's most important. Right. Whew, man, and, rings true. Dude. Yeah. And the memories that you hold dear and, and, uh, like what? That's what you got. Yeah. That's what you got left. Um, and then Danny, um, in a last ditch effort, uh, offers herself up to Viola and does like the. It's you, it's me, it's us. It's you, it's me, it's us. Um, and then, and then it just goes black, and goes to I believe it goes to Owen reviving Henry. Yeah. Um, oh well, yeah. What happens is it goes black, and then all of a sudden, like. It's shown basically all the ghosts get freed. Snap back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, there goes Viola gravity. Um, so all of the, uh, the the narrator says the invitation was accepted and all of the spirits trapped in her gravity were released. Yeah, so it's kind of a reverse button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's a magical thing. And that's that's kind of how Henry gets pulled back. He He basically... He's recent enough, and Owen's been working on him, so. Well, that's that's a pretty cool moment, because Hannah is talking to Henry and basically saying, like, please tell Owen, because she knows that he's going to get revived. That's, that's right. And she's like, please tell him this thing. Yeah. Owen also, and then <laughs> he gets sucked back into his body, doesn't hear the end uh, of whatever Hannah was going to say. Yeah. He gets revived, and everyone's kind of looking at each other like, what the fuck just happened? And then, um, and then it shows Owen finding or looking down at Hannah's body and discovering that she's dead. I mean, like all these things are, we're like skimming over it, but each of these has like a real, real strong impact. Yeah. Like if you've been, 
buying in and and really been engaged with this series up to this point yeah i wanted to ask you just as a quick aside like so obviously this series uh deals with you know how we deal with loss um uh how uh how death affects us all this kind of thing and uh, and it's all very symbolic and it's all very true you know it's um it's tough and uh, but I wanted to ask you, what role do you think the mechanic of it's you, it's me, it's us plays? You know, so this mechanic of you can invite the dead into you. Um, you can give them yourself. Hmm. Do you think that's so my initial thought was that must stand for something. And it is someone who allows the grief to overcome them. Hmm. Um, the grief of death of the person they lost to overcome them. Uh, because because then they're kind of relegated. You know, if if it was the kids, you know, if, if it was Miles or Flora who allowed Peter or Miss Jessel into them, they would then perpetually live in the memories of their parents and they would they would cease to be real people, right? They, they would have given them themselves over to the dead. Mm-hmm. D- d- is that... Does that seem like a correct interpretation of this to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting interpretation. I personally, I think it's um, for most of it, it's just a very useful device mm-hmm. for for the story to you know have this option of possession. Right. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think like the most important like reveal of it is with Rebecca Jessel and and Peter, and that is like the romantic moment of like, this feels like this is symbolizing their unity and self selflessness and being as one forever, which is, you know, this romantic ideal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's that, um, I think it's kind of symbolizing in some of the instances, selflessness and some of the instances, it's just a, a plot device to move forward, you know, the motivations of Peter yeah, yeah. or, or whatever. Um, let yeah, me, so- let me take a moment and read this. Actually, it'll, it'll be a while. It's kind of long, but I think this is the episode to do it. Mike Flanagan in the press materials has this full one sheeter of his, um, kind of intentions for the series. Okay. Um, and it starts out with a quote from Henry James, who wrote The Turn of the Screw. It says, of course, I was under the spell and the wonderful part of that, even at the time I perfectly knew I was, but I gave myself up to it. It was an antidote to any pain, and I had more pains than one. And then this letter from Mike Flanagan. Welcome to Bly Manor. It's fitting that this season of The Haunting is focused on the works of Henry James. James was an obvious influence on Shirley Jackson. And when talking about classic horror fiction, you're likely to hear them mentioned in the same breath. In fact, Stephen King writes in Dance Macabre that The Haunting of Hill House and The Turn of the Screw are the only two great novels of of the supernatural in the last hundred years. Um, just as Hill House had been perfectly adapted by Robert Wise in 1963, so the turn of the screw in Jack Clayton's 1961, The Innocence, which we, we got to watch that. Maybe not immediately, but sure, eventually. Yeah. Um, as with the last season, 
we saw little upside in trying to improve upon that adaptation. Our governess, whose name is an homage to Jack Clayton, will not follow in Deborah Kerr's footsteps, not exactly, as with Hill House, we wanted to make something at once old and new, reimagined and reverent. This season of The Haunting has some elements in common with our first season. You'll see some familiar faces, and it's rife with chills, thrills, and the things that go bump in the night. But whereas Hill House was ultimately a story of grief and trauma and familial strife, Bly Manor is, at its heart, a love story. Gothic romance is often misunderstood. Something about the word romance lends itself to expectations of something tawdry, syrupy, sappy even. But in Henry James's world, romance had a different connotation. Romance meant mystery and excitement. And gothic romance meant horror and ruin. (laughs) Romance held buried secrets, supernatural agony, the sense of encroaching doom. Gothic romance, it turns out, has teeth. And we have had a blast sharpening them for you all. For the haunting of Bly Manor, we have started with Henry James's iconic The Turn of the Screw, but only... Uh, but that's the only that's only the beginning. James wrote a number of fantastic horror stories, and we have been able to bring a lot of them together in one narrative. From the gripping doppelganger of the Jolly Corner to the ghostly vengeance of the romance of certain old clothes, we have gone back through all of James's horror fiction in our efforts to celebrate an author whose influence can still be felt to this day, woven into the DNA of modern genre, like pale, wide-eyed ghosts peering out from behind the facade of contemporary horror. I am lucky, so lucky, to have the privilege of now standing in two of the most iconic haunted houses in the history of horror fiction. I hope you enjoy your time in the Bly Manor as much as I have, and I hope you enjoy this ghost story told, as all of them should be, in a low voice around a fire. So, so jealous of uh, his mind, you know, like, I wish I, I wish I could have, I wish I thought this way, you know, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm jealous of people who have this much forethought and who consider, um, stories in such reverence, you know? Yeah. Which I do, but not to this extent, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I mean, Mike Flanagan, um, he's obviously great at adaptation. I mean, um, so Dr. Sleep is an adaptation, super uh, faithful and reverent to source material, but also the material of The Shining, the movie. Yeah. Um, The Haunting of Hill House with Shirley Jackson's you know, material. Yeah. This and is, this, this, this is your adaptation guy. Yeah. And, um, uh, but I mean, his own stuff is great too. Oculus. And, uh, I think he co-wrote hush with his wife. Gerald's game is, is one of my very favorite horror movies of the last 10 years. Yeah. Like another adaptation. Yeah. 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 Just spectacular. So, I mean, I think that's the the part that's most interesting and really rings true throughout watching this whole series is the concept of gothic romance of being, um, you know, meaning horror and ruin and buried secrets, supernatural and agony in the sense of encroaching doom. Like that's like the the intention to make this series have that feeling and convey that perfect yeah it, they it, did a great job of it so um and that's really what this episode 
of uh, Bly House, Bly House, Bly Manor is about, um, is like really selling that idea of yeah. the tragic and haunted, um, romantic um, ideal. So, um, so Danny is inhabited by Viola. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything's wrapped up. Owen sees Hannah's body and the, the narration talks about how he, you know, followed her body to the corners and insisted on cleaning her. Um, that is one thing um, that I heard about a lot uh, from people before about, like, the opportunity to dress your loved one or or to clean and, like, take care of their body after their death is, like, a really intimate and special experience and um i got to do that with my dad and yeah it's really unique and it is like a the final caring thing you can do it crushed my wife yeah it was really hard for her to do that with her mom yeah um oh man i can't even imagine i yeah i just it's just uh so it, it describes him, you know, burying Hannah, and then um, it it jumps to so also like all of the events that we just described happening very quickly happens within the first fifteen minutes of this episode, yeah, of this hour long episode. So this is, I mean, you just watch it, you know, yeah. Um, Henry, um, it shows Henry, you know, taking responsibility for the children, um, packing up the manor and moving out. And they say they're going to go to America. Um, Danny, um, you know, basically is moving on with, with Jamie. Um, and they're going to go on their adventures, which is questionable, right? They're, they're like, uh, well, you got, you got the, the lady in the lake inside you. And she's like, yeah, I feel it. And she's just right there. And. And but um, yeah, she's very haunted, and she says that. But the gardener keeps saying, you know, just do this one day at a time. Like that's all we got, really. When you get down to it, you only got one day at a time. Yeah, it's this impending doom, um, the sense of doom with with the lady of the lake and inside her. Because Danny says, "I feel her inside, so quiet, and this part of her that's in here isn't peaceful. It's quiet." But it isn't peaceful. It's rage. And so she knows that, like, it's sitting there lying in wait. And she says, basically, eventually it's going to take me. Yeah. Like, when the time is right. This is inevitable. And so there's this, you know, this uh, sword hanging over her head at all times. Yeah. There's a phrase for that. Damocles the sword. Uh Uh-huh. Sword. Um, and, And then most of the episode is talking, is showing her life with Jamie after this series of events. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's really beautiful. They're living a new life in America. They open a flower shop and they have a lot of moments and Danny is afraid of, you know, being doomed as one is. And (laughs) Jamie keeps reassuring her that like, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't have to plan ahead far, but like, look, nobody has unlimited time. Right. So there's no use in, in like, considering the inevitable because it's inevitable yeah um and jamie is still hopeful and wants to spend as much time as she can with him and then it uh jumps forward in time basically says that they have years and years with each other like six years um and there's a time where 
you know, Danny doesn't really feel Viola in her anymore. It seems like it's moved on, but then all of a sudden she reappears. She starts yeah. seeing her in reflection, starts seeing her in the water and getting more and more haunted and, and like, um, affected, like affected yeah. by it. Yeah. Let me just say though, before, before we kind of skip over this, like, um, and I, it's not, ne- it's not necessarily even really, well, no, it is worth, it is worth mentioning the way that this series handles the the same sex relationship mm-hmm. is so low key right and so chill um and so uh hands off right. kind of that it i i'm so happy that this is where we fucking are with the shit finally <laughs> you know where it's like it's not a fucking big deal it's it's like that uh it's like that clip of morgan freeman talking about how he's mm. like I don't want a Black History Month, and and uh, I forget the name of the guy who's interviewing him for like sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, is there a fucking white? Which month is White History Month?" He's like, "Well, I'm Jewish." Okay, fine then. Which which month is Jewish History Month? You what? You're going to relegate my whole mo- my whole history to a month? My history is American history, mm-hmm. and, and the way we're going to do this is we're going to stop talking about it. Right. We're going to treat it like it's normal, and that's the way. That's the way this this series treats yeah. same sex relationships, which is it's normal. Even in a time when it wasn't normal in the late eighties and early nineties, it was not normal, uh, quote unquote normal back then. It wasn't accepted, it wasn't accepted like, yeah. like it is now. And uh but yet this series still just kind of just treats it very subtly and I v- appreciate that. Yeah, it's very very matter of fact in that like, yes, this is this is not acceptable to modern society and it just barely touches on that because Mm -hmm. um danny gives jamie a ring and even says like i know we can't get married but we can wear the ring and we can it can mean something to us Mm -hmm. which is really touching it really takes you like back and you're like oh wow you know things have changed and things were different back then big time but yeah they don't they don't make a big deal out of it to make a big deal out of it right they they don't like and they don't make it tawdry they don't make it like like slutty and scandalous and weird Mm -hmm. it's just it's just a beautiful love between two people yeah um so danny gets more and more haunted and um you feel the sense of impending doom um they revisit owen and we get caught up with um what happened to all of the characters over the last like you know half a decade and he talks about how flora is full grown she's got a a boyfriend she's 17 and miles is doing great and they're all doing great and the notable thing is that the kids don't remember anything yeah. about the happenings at bly manor henry does you know because he got murdered and revived but the kids all the concern of like what kind of scars are they going to have were you know found to be unfounded like they're yeah they moved on and they don't remember any of that stuff and um and owen has his own restaurant called a batter place <laughs> and ah. uh, he's got a picture of hannah hanging up and you know still in love with her so the the way they treat this danny with viola inside of her feels really a lot like a chronic fatal disease yeah like it's like you know you don't 
It's you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to resurface. And you got to live your life like... Like you don't necessarily know you're going to be affected by this thing in a very dramatic and scary way. Yeah, they could have replaced being possessed by a... Uh, rageful wish, rageful, you know, 17th century, century, uh, uh, slighted lover with, you know, like cancer, cancer. And it would have been pretty similar, you know? Uh, yeah. So we've mentioned this, but my mother-in-law just died a couple weeks ago of, of, of a very short battle. Well, very short to us because mm. of how yeah. long we knew about it, but I never really, really truly understood the, um, the energy surrounding cancer before, um, mm. you know, a lot of bumper stickers that say fuck cancer uh-huh. and stuff. I was like, well, that seems a little extreme. <laughs> I mean, think of what cancer feels. <laughs> so, well, I just didn't get the strong energy around it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it now. Like it's brutal. Yeah. It's one of the worst things that can happen. And it's so, someone. and it's so universal. So, I mean, um, almost anyone who lives past a certain age gets some form of cancer mm-hmm. and it's, it's basically the, the timer at the end of everyone. Yep. If something doesn't get you, cancer's gonna. Yeah. If your body doesn't break, your cells will. Right. Your and cells just like turn on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's your, it's your long, long-term timer. And, um, Man, it is a really, truly, disgustingly brutal disease, and um, and uh, nothing can prepare you, <clears throat> yeah, for the kind of shitty havoc it can wreak. Yeah. So more and more, Danny gets affected, and then the the culmination of this is Danny um, is in a dream, and she kind of sees herself looking up from underwater and reaching up and choking Jamie. And yeah. pulling her down into the lake. And then she wakes up she from wakes her dream. Up to actually... And she's, like, hovering over with her hand, like, outreached towards Jamie's neck. And she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And uh, so she she takes gets gone. Takes in the middle of the night. She takes off, leads, leaves a note for Jamie. And then this is just, like, just so devastating. Yeah. Jamie goes back to Bly Manor. Um, walks into the lake, dives down. She leaves down. her a note. She's like, hey, I, here's a, here's what I'm doing. Bye. I love you. Yeah. So Jamie goes to Bly Manor, dives into the, into the lake, and then sees Danny at the bottom, yeah. dead, and she's devastated. And she tries the thing. She tries the trick. She's like, yeah. it's us, it's you, it's them. It's me. It's you, it's me. It's us, it's you, it's me. Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't work mm-hmm. because Danny would never do that. Right. Someone. Well, it, yeah, it makes a point that, you know, Viola is back in the bottom of the lake, right? Right. Um, because she took Danny there. But no one was ever killed again. No one, no spirit was ever trapped at Bly Manor and no haunting ever happened again because it talks about how Danny and Viola are one and Danny would never allow that. She would never murder someone. Right. And a lot of this series does this kind of thing. And when I say this kind of thing, I'm talking very specifically about a melding of two people into one. Um, so you have... Or codependence, you know. Yes, codependence. So you have uh, Viola, the lady in the lake, and Danny. They they are melded into one. And the one is better than the two. Mm-hmm. Because, or, or the separate. Yeah. Uh, because Danny brings... Uh, brings Viola into a better 
standing because now mm-hmm. it's a melding of the two. Um, Peter and and Miss Jessel, you know, they they're two people who are Peter is the worst part, right? And and Miss Jessel makes him better when right. they when they meld together. And Henry is a terrible person, but. When he gets united with Flora, he's he's made into a better person. You know, like this is this is showing like simultaneously. You know, we make each we make each other better through our lives. You know, yeah. The final narration and the wrap up talks about Danny. Um, no, not Danny. Uh, Jamie basically being haunted by this experience and that she'd you know, leave sinks and tubs full of water and look into it, looking for her own lady of the lake. And she would leave the door cracked open just in case Danny ever wanted to come back. Just really heart wrenching, symbolic stuff around love and loss. And then, I mean, so that this whole episode is kind of an epilogue of like what happened at Bly Manor. And then we're given another epilogue to the epilogue, which it jumps back to 2007 where you kind of forget this story started. Yeah. And with the wedding of these, yeah, with the wedding of these, these, uh, two young people. And she wraps the narrator wraps up the ghost story and, in a nice little, nice little package. And, and then someone's like, so can you go to Bly Manor? And she says, well, I mean, if you were to go to England, you you wouldn't find a... Wouldn't find a place called Bly Manor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there'd be a place like it. Yeah. You know? And so that's the first inkling that, like, this might be based on truth. Right. But it's kind of like, could have been a story the whole time. Right. And then everyone kind of leaves. The bride stays behind with, um, what's her name? I already forgot. The narrator. Uh, Her name. Yeah. I think that's, anyways, that's actually a spoiler for who she is. Um, But um, the bride is talking with her and there's this final kind of like, this is the, the thesis statement of the whole series. It really ties it up. The, the bride talks to the woman that told the story and says, I think you set it up wrong in the beginning. You said it was a ghost story, but it's a love story. Yeah. And then the response is, you know, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. That you can be haunted by love and affected by it. And she also says, my middle name's Flora. Yeah. And the the bride says, oh, like, what a coincidence. I didn't. It sounds like she. How weird. I don't think the bride or the, the groom or most of the people in the wedding party really know who this is that's telling them the story right there she's an acquaintance of some sort but it doesn't seem like the bride really knows her yeah as like a close seems like she's friend seems like she's the gardener seems like she's jamie right right and so the bride says like that's weird that you you know uh, that you didn't even know that my middle name was flora She's like, yeah, it is weird, huh? (laughs) And then it cuts to, like, the actual wedding, and we're shown, like, yes, this is actually, um, all those characters at Bly Manor were representations of real people, and the the narrator was actually Jamie in the story, the bride was actually Flora, um, you know, one of the wedding guests was Owen, Owen, and, and all this stuff, so it's, I mean, the... The names, the names were changed to protect the innocent right. kind of thing, and uh, and the details were different. I'm sure 
the Owen character wasn't really a chef or wasn't really portrayed as that specifically in the in this scene in these scenes but um it's shown that yeah she's she's jamie and and that explains at the beginning and and it concludes with her filling up the sink and the tub and opening the door a crack and and waiting you know even decades after yeah. all this happened she's still affected and and yearning for her love Oh, it's brutal. And then you see her asleep in the chair there, and there's a hand on her shoulder, and it's... Oh. Yeah. It's rough. It's real sad. I wanted wanted to mention this while I remember. Particularly, this episode reminds me... Man, I'm just tearing up. This is is rough. Um, This episode reminds me a lot of an A24 movie that is hauntingly beautiful and just... I mean, it's so similar. It's called A Ghost Story. Mm. Have you seen that yet? I still haven't watched it, but I've heard so many things about oh it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's it's so subtle and quiet and mm. pretty, and it's so similar to this in a lot of different ways. And it's um, it's got Casey Affleck. Mm-hmm. Um, man, just a, just a... Oh, well, I guess I can't watch it now. <laughs> It's also got that girl that I like. I can't remember her name, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's him and her. And, uh, man, 2017, yeah, a ghost story. If, if you liked uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor uh, and you like sad. Was it that recent? 2017? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, I thought it was I know, right? It's, 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 it seems old. But anyway, so, yeah, um, so, yeah you, sh- you guys should check that out. So that's a good one. Yeah. There it is. That's The Haunting of Bly Manor. What a great great show we're gonna have one more episode where we kind of discuss our overarching thoughts Mm -hmm. it'll be pretty short but we'll uh kind of tie it up all in a bow yeah um thanks again for listening please if you like this after show you'll probably like horror movie talk and want to join us in the future subscribe and leave us a rating on apple podcasts share the share this with a friend um if you know anyone else that watched or you know uh binged the haunting of Bly manor let them know about the podcast or this series of episodes if you want to support us again go to our website at horrormovietalk.com there's a couple different ways you can click through to amazon and and buy stuff there or you can check out our patreon uh special thanks to some very special listeners that help us out on a pretty regular basis dustin gobel he's a professional artist that helps us out with our post work um for our regular episodes you can check them out on instagram at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 that's at dgobel00 and also special thanks to max and kitty for helping us out with the intro max you can find on instagram at maxwell.r.allen on insta if you have any comments or questions or observations, let us know on our voicemail at 682-253-4468. And uh, we'll see you later. And and uh, always be haunted by the happenings of Bly Manor. We love you. Bye. Bye.